Good morning, good morning. This is Eshin, Brenda Shoshana, back with another episode of Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. So, good morning, everyday life, and here we are, again and again, again and again. You know, repetition, repetition is the very, very, very heart, not only of Zen practice, but of our life itself. It's as if we're being given so many opportunities to get it, get the message, <clears throat> and we don't get it, and we get another chance the next day. It's, an, it's in the next morning. It's everyday life. Again, we wake up, open our eyes, put water on our face, clean up, whatever we do, whatever we do again and again. Repetition. We eat our breakfast, we take a shower. We clean the dishes, we go to work. Most of the time we take the same path or the same routine. We love routines. And there's nothing wrong with routines. Nothing. When we do them consciously with wide awake mind. We have a relationship with someone. And then if it doesn't work out, we part. Before we know it, we're in another relationship, and it's exactly the same relationship in a different form, different person, different exterior maybe, but the same issues coming, popping up again and again, again and again. And here I do this podcast each week again and again. When, when we do Zen practice, what do we actually do? We sit down on, we do very Bearing actions, things that we do again and again. Very simple. Sit down on the cushion. Take a position. Breathe. And we're breathing anyway. But we allow the breathing to breathe much more when we sit on the cushion. We're paying attention and permitting these very simple actions to fill our mind, our being our experience. When we sit, we're really sitting down. I remember when I first saw my teacher many, many years ago sitting on the cushion. I was on the way into the zendo. It was early, early in the morning. I stood at the entranceway and gasho bow, and it was empty pretty much. It was 5.30 in the morning, maybe one or two other monks, but there he was on his cushion, in the front of the row, and he was sitting, but really sitting there. I never in my life saw sitting like that. Every bone in his body was sitting. He was completely at one with the zazen, his sitting, his posture, himself, his breath. It looked, I couldn't believe my eyes. It looked like a mountain. He occupied so much space just sitting there, unmoving. I was shocked. I was shocked. I never saw anything like that. And what was I really seeing? I was seeing someone who completely became the activity, the simple routine activity he was in. And it was no longer a routine activity. It was breathtaking. The pff 
fullness of presence, the unswervingness of it, the dedication to sitting, the immovability. He wasn't moving, only the breath was moving. He wasn't even there. It was just sitting, full sitting that was there. It was beautiful. It was uplifting. It gave me heart. It gave me hope. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it gave me strength just to watch, just to see, to really see the sitting. And so it was the very early days, which are not so different from these days. In fact, not different. Every day is an early day, <coughs> if we're really honest. Anyway, I walked into the zendo, my hands in certain posture, paying attention to the bottom of my feet as I walked to take my seat, which was next to his at that moment because <coughs> there was no one there. It was so early. This was the early days. And oh my goodness, it was, it was daunting to think of sitting next to him on the cushion. I mean, he, I can't say him, but sitting next to that kind of sitting. But as I walked, I was aware of the bottom of my feet and also of how wobbly I was, of how, that I, how I did not occupy each step. It's okay, just aware of it not judging it, but aware of it. Sometimes we learn a lot from contrasts. But I walked. Now, that, now, now that's a very simple action, walking. An action that we take again and again <clears throat> our whole life long. It's not like we're going to practice it and be better at walking. We walk from the time we're little children. Unless, unfortunately, we become ill or have a problem, then we have to work with walking. But if... This wasn't the case at that time. <clears throat> I was just walking, and he was just sitting. And I was so aware that I wasn't really walking. <laughs> my legs were moving, but my mind, my heart, my concentration, all over the place. Although I wasn't all over the place. <clears throat> I wasn't really fully walking the way he was sitting. I don't say that with judgment, but it's so good to notice something, to notice it. And actually, the way I was walking wobbly, out of balance, whatever, that was perfect for just that moment. Nothing wrong with it. Just notice, notice, notice. That's what our practice is. Notice it. Be aware. The awareness itself creates the change. So anyway, I did sit down bow to the cushion. And you know, when you're sitting next to that kind of sitting, it's very easy to get swept up in that incredible energy and helped, taken by it, planted on your own cushion <laughs> by the power of his sitting. You know, we do that a lot <clears throat> in life. We do it a lot. We try to find somebody who's stronger or who's more planted or wiser, in, in our mind anyway, than we are, and, and to benefit from being near them, around them, to share the energy, to learn. And I'm, 
to, to, and there's nothing really wrong with that to an extent, to a certain amount, it's good. It's helpful. It's the role of a teacher. <clears throat> but we have to be very careful also when Zen says, don't put a head on your head. What's wrong with your own head? Don't, so not to get addicted to that, not to get dependent upon someone else's practice or someone else's energy or form. To learn from it, yes. To be inspired by it, absolutely. But ultimately, in our practice, we learn to walk on our own two feet. That's a very common saying, but it's so profound again. When, and you know, as I said in Zen practice, very simple things become very profound. Walk on your own two feet, nothing wrong. Even if you're wobbling, that's okay. But awareness, fill, fill each moment with that profound attention and presence and awareness that I saw when I saw my teacher just sitting. And that's an inspiration, it's a guidance, a silent teaching. He didn't have to say a word. He, who he was spoke much louder than anything he could possibly say. <clears throat> he didn't preach with words on and on about how to sit, what to do. In fact, <clears throat> in the beginning, I once heard him say that in Japan they say the best encouragement is no encouragement. I love that. I loved it because it throws you back on your own self, on your own resources. Sit on the cushion. Come every day. Find out for yourself. Find out for yourself. Meet your own sitting. Meet your own walking. Become acquainted with it. Become acquainted with your breath. How many of us take the time or think it's even important to give that att loving attention. And I use the word loving because it's no judgment connected to it. No, no, no wanting it to be any way else. Just wholehearted attention to the way it is right now for you. And, and at that moment in time, the way it was for me right now, right then, included him being there on the cushion. Incredible gift. What a gift. What a miracle. That was a miracle. That I would that, that that moment included that for me. It didn't mean it would always include it the rest of my life or the rest of eternity. You know, when we have a moment like that, we want to have it again and again. We want to hold on to it, to grasp it, to keep it. And the minute we try to grasp it or keep it, we lose it. We lose it. Because the heart of a moment like that is not grasping it, just occupying the moment thoroughly. That does not include grasping it, because the minute you begin to grasp it, something else comes in. And you're not in the moment anymore. You're, oh my gosh, I don't want to lose this. Oh no, I want this to last forever. Boom. The minute that starts, the moment is gone. The moment of sheer beingness, sheer presence. You know, it was as if he completely taught me about surrender. It was beautiful. It was so beautiful. 
to surrender to this moment. He was completely surrendered on that cushion. He was not fighting any of it, not holding on to it, not pushing anything away. Just totally, it was a total yes of his whole self. Yes. You know, when we go again and again, we get up and very often we say, oh no, not again. <laughs> not this again. Oh no. I wish it was different. Mm. When is this routine going to end? Boring. But you know, there's nothing boring except when we remove ourselves from something and when we reject it or when we dislike it or when we refuse it, then it's boring because we're not there anymore. We're, we're somewhere looking, flying around looking for excitement, looking for so-called stimulation, looking for something different than just sitting down. Isn't it interesting? It's very interesting and very important to notice this entire process because as we practice with just simple routines, sitting down, breathing, and say yes to each moment of it more and more fully, surrender to it as he did, something really profound takes place in your own life, in your own consciousness. And then you see there's nothing that's routine, nothing, nothing, no such thing. Each moment is entirely new. He also used to say, you know, Kenyan is the part of practice when after we sit, we walk one behind another, in a, med- in a meditative position, posture as we're walking, back straight, eyes down, attention on the bottom of our feet, hands in a certain position. So we're just taking the practice into action. And often during, not often, but I remember once during our kin, he and our walking, he said out loud, this step will not come again. That's it. That's all he said. And he was really saying, pay attention, attention. This is not just a routine step. This is not something to take for granted. We're not walking to get somewhere necessarily. This step is precious. It's sacred. He didn't use those words, but that was what he was saying. But this step will never come again. Never. Don't miss it. Be with it. The next step will be very different. So it's not a routine, just step, step, steps, trudging along to get somewhere. This step contains the whole world, contains everything. It contains all possibilities. Meet it. Don't avoid it. Same as this person who comes into your life or who is in your life, comes into the room, comes into your consciousness, 
They will not come again in exactly that way. They're not routine. Don't look at them through routine eyes. <laughs> Don't avoid them. Be with them the way he was with the cushion that morning when he was sitting that way like a mountain. Totally be with that moment, with that person, with that step, with that cup of tea. That is our precious foundation in this wonderful, simple practice of Zen. And, and you know, it's okay to say it again and again and again. Same thing. <clears throat> because in one sense, repetition is the heart of this practice. We do it again and again, and each time it's different, as he said. Each step is different. Each sitting is different. Each breath is different. And we experience that for ourselves. And then our life becomes really interesting and wonderful and fresh. So anyway, it's time to stop for now. And thank you very, very, very much for listening. If you want to write to me, you can reach me at topspeaker at yahoo.com. And the URL for this is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. And by the way, we had a wonderful workshop yesterday of making your life into uh, making your everyday life into a Zen koan. And I plan to do another one independently a little longer, I think in, in May. So if you want more information about it, it'll be, it'll be on Zoom and you're very welcome to join us. <clears throat> Write to me at topspeaker at yahoo.com and I'll send you the information. Okay, thank you for listening and have a great day. Bye.